0: Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and user stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. My guest today is hanzo new now i really hope i got that correct um but hanzo is we've got a really cool story right so he has been doing sales training and coaching consultants since 2009 and i wanted to bring him on because he had a really good pivot story from covid now i love hearing these stories you get to hear how he sort of changed and pivoted his company in nine days when you know when the crap hit the fan in 2020 and uh um, obviously, we're going to hear how he how he did that, how he scaled his business. But more importantly, you know, I wanted to answer. I wanted to get to the bottom of DM prospecting on LinkedIn. Now, I love getting different experts on here to hear their different opinions. So, if you feel like we've covered this before, stick with me because there's definitely something new you can take away. Just one idea could make all the difference, especially if you're on LinkedIn. Okay, so we're going to ask, I'm going to definitely ask some self-interest questions that you're going to find very helpful as well. So without further ado, here is my guest today, Hanzo. G'day, hey, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Hanzo Ng and we are going to be talking about sales today. Really excited. Hanzo, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me to the show, Julian. It's super early for you. I know that you you just started your day, but you look really fresh. So I'm really keen to hear a little bit about your backstory to where you got to today.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's uh, I always have a philosophy of you got to get up, dress up and show up. (laughs) So we got to be, we got to be, we got to have that self-discipline and uh, self-motivation to succeed. So, the first thing in a, uh, uh, the first target of the day is really, you know, getting up. A lot of people snooze. I actually don't snooze. I just get up whenever the alarm wants me to get up. So I think this kind of discipline came to me when I was an 18 years old sales guy. So I got into the sales world because my parents didn't have money. And I, I, I actually quit college. So, uh, and to enter sales. At that time, I was very, very fortunate because I read a motivation book by Zig Ziglar. Mm-hmm. Um. My parents didn't do well in in the commercial world and I have to learn from my quote-unquote surrogate parents. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it gave me a lot of motivation, gave me direction, gave me a a vision of what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, Zig Ziglar is a sales guy. So I thought, oh, to succeed in life, you have to be a sales guy. So that that was my belief system. So I thought, okay, let's get into sales. So age 18, I got into sales. I was... Very, very pumped up to enter this world. Uh, I was properly trained, large companies with hundreds of salespeople. And I I went through a seven-day sales training before I touched a single prospect. So it was a highlight of my life. We did a lot of cold calling. We have to do like 100 to 200 calls a day to set appointments. I did door to door. Um, And it was just an amazing time. So from there, I keep climbing the corporate ladder because I had a very simple goal which is number one. I want to be number one in everything I do. That's what Zig Ziglar taught me. Hey, just set a really challenging goal, man. So I said that if, if, if I work in this company, I want to be the top sales guy and I have to work my you know <laughs> work my, my butt off to, Yep, but that's number one. I want to be number one in everything I do. The second goal actually I set for myself, I will climb the corporate ladder as fast as possible. So which means I do not uh, back away from challenges. I do not run away from initiatives. I will just uh, do as, as much as I can to get to the top, mm-hmm. uh, to get promoted. Any kind of opportunities that come my way, I'm just going to grab it. And the third one, I, I said for myself, I, I told myself, I just want to be successful, but I didn't define success. I just told myself, I want to be successful. And those were the three guiding uh, goals of my life that made me from a salesperson to a sales manager, to a area manager. And my last job was sales director, uh, managing 60 people in the sales force. Uh, And that company was acquired and I don't have any more jobs because they, they, they wanted to place me to Singapore. I didn't want to go. And I asked myself, what should I do now? And in 2009, I said, why don't I jump into the entrepreneurship journey? And that's how it all began
0: and just gone from there and what are you focusing on right now you were telling me before the the show but yeah curious to hear so you're doing a lot of sales training online teaching mainly corporate or
1: other entrepreneurs we have clients from all kinds of uh walks of life we have startup companies we have yeah. individuals we have big SMEs uh which in Australia may we call SMBs but uh here we call it SMEs small medium enterprises mm-hmm. but they are uh, um Uh, companies with maybe uh, 10 employees to a couple hundred employees uh, to the public listed companies to the uh, multinationals as well. So what we do for them is we have a couple of companies here. The first one is Sales Ninja, uh, uh, my sales training, consulting and coaching company. So what we do is we help them generate sales leads, train the salespeople to be highly motivated to be also skilled in, for example, penetrating new accounts or uh, growing their key accounts. We also run programs for the sales managers and leaders uh, so that they can drive their team more effectively. We also have another company called Keen Training. So Keen Training is a corporate training company. Uh, We do not have our own trainers there. Sales Ninja exclusively is only using our own trainers. Mm -hmm. So Keen Training is named after my son, Kin, and it's there to serve also my clients, uh, needs where they say hey hanzo can you uh, uh i want to do an iso training or i want to do a, a communication skills training so that's not our forte so we don't touch things that's not our expertise so we outsource it to other trainers consultants who are specialized in those areas or if they want to do things like uh, finance for non-finance and yeah so we'll match them with the right trainers and they will do the job so that's what keen training is all about corporate training, that's doing non-sales products. That is outside of the skill set of Sales Ninja. And the third one we have is called eWarrior. eWarrior is a B2B uh, agency. So what we help clients do is bring them online, make sure they're able to uh, put themselves presence in the world of Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, and we build landing pages for them. We uh, do Facebook ads and install pixels in all kinds of places for them. Uh, We also do LinkedIn marketing uh, to increase their connections, messaging, follow-ups. We also do email blastings for them. We do data scraping and uh, even WhatsApp marketing. And it's just to ensure that right now in Malaysia, I think in uh, Australia as well, we're all in lockdown mode. We can't really go out um, or or, or can only go out in a certain time period. Mm -hmm. And there's no other choice except to sell online and to market online. So there's a gap there where a lot of companies do not know how to touch the online world, and that's where we come in to help them solve the problem, specializing in B two B companies.
0: Yeah, well, I'd love to focus on on the B two B side because um, I think it's the most relevant to my audience. I'm very curious to know what's your philosophy on sales and say the follow up, because as you might know, there, there's a lot of different philosophies out there on the spectrum of really spammy and you know not doing anything at all. Um, how would, you, how would you fit into to that? I know, maybe I want to create your own spectrum, but what is,
1: what's your philosophy with sales? I think the philosophy of B2B sales is you've got to do your pre-call planning, uh, also known as research. And before even you do so, you need to have a target account. So what, what are your top 100 companies that you want to acquire? Now, if you have a target of 100 clients that you want, so you got to research them before you make a call because, yes, as you mentioned, there's a lot of spam messages. Spam means the uh, same messages sent to many people and expecting expecting them to uh, uh, reply. <laughs> so what we do is we teach people to, hey, read about the website, know who you're talking to, at least browse through the LinkedIn profile, get an idea, uh, some pain points that you, you can solve for these clients. And then... Write your cold outreach message, whether it's through an email, whether it's through a phone call, or whether it's through a LinkedIn message. But you got to research the company first. So my philosophy is B2B sales is you got to do your work. Uh, then you deserve to have uh, the attention. So one example is a, an, an insurance company that I recently acquired as a client. I saw the CEO speaking at one of the conferences, and uh, so happened, I know one of the other speakers as well. And I said, "This is my way in, man." And I went to uh, I read I went to the LinkedIn profile of this CEO, mm-hmm. and I read that oh, she's new CEO. She just got on board in twenty twenty one January. Uh, and new CEOs want to make digital uh, transformations, obviously, because <laughs> this is what we're all going through now. Yeah. And I read uh, a little bit of what they're doing, and I went to their Facebook page just to see what kind of. Uh, Uh, messaging they are trying to convey out to the market and then i wrote a cold email to her but the first line was hey ceo but but the name of ceo which in this case is eileen yeah hey eileen i saw that you are speaking at that event together with my clients gunalan so the first line was a i have researched you line compared to Hey, I'm Hanzo from Sales Ninja. We are a sales training company, yeah. which most people do not care. So the, 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 the targeting has to be about the prospect. So the second line was, I understand that, you know, your company name is going through some digital transformation as i read. And uh, that's what uh, I can do for your agents to get them to sell online. So are you keen to discuss this further? So it was a uh, five-line email though. And she, she replied within 24 hours. So if you write a very good message that is relevant to your target market, you can sell to the procurement managers, to the marketing managers, to the head of departments, or even to the CEO, which I was referred to the COO, which then referred me to the head of training, uh, which is the person in charge. So typically in B2B sales, most salespeople, they don't target high enough. So the selling cycle is very long because they will target the middle managers, to propose to the senior managers, to propose to the GM, to propose to the CEO. So it's a long journey. And and I I learned this early in my sales days when I was selling advertising in my second job. My first job was a timeshare sales guy. And my second job was an advertising sales guy. That in advertising, there are tons of uh, hierarchies to go through. And I told myself, there must be a better way. And in this case, I want to sell to the guy to tell the, the other guys what to do. Yeah. So initially I start to sell to the marketing directors, to the CMOs and, mm-hmm. and start building my confidence to talk to uh, the to top level guys. They're exactly the same, except they are decision makers. They can say yes. They can override things. They can take over the project timeframes. They can uh, uh, push through the, their own agendas. So it's like, this is an amazing group of people to sell to. And I I, I continue to sell to uh, mostly senior management people as as my sales philosophy for b2b sales
0: yeah well it's okay so we've we've got the top list of 100 people want to research we've identified that you need to actually give a shit and um, do do your homework and if there's any kind of something in mutual common or um, something that you can latch onto that you've actually done your homework that also counts and pick the key decision makers how, has, has anything changed though since, because we are talking about this before, has anything changed in the way you might want to sell during COVID? Because you mentioned that there were some unconventional, unconventional ways of selling during COVID. Is it still the same way of following up or I'm curious to know um, how, you, how you've changed things around?
1: The basic philosophies of sales is it hasn't really changed because we are still human beings. We want to fulfill our personal needs and dreams and goals and solve our pain points. So that will never change even in a million years. Uh, that's not the basic chases, but the approach have changed a little bit. So for example, right now, the trend, the trend, yeah? Are video uh, prospecting. So the conventional way will be a text prospecting. So text means uh, copywriting, send a, message. Yeah. send a message, and and, and that's it, right? Uh, but people are kind of get, immune to it you still need text because even the video you still need to describe the video but video outreach is really what a lot of people are doing now and it's it's getting stronger uh so i advise a lot of uh, clients that you gotta be comfortable in front of cameras because this is the way to go either this year next year next next year but it's coming okay so if you don't do it your competitors will and when they start doing it you don't want to be a lag, you want to be an early adopter, right? you want to be the guy who innovates sales approaches mm, and people totally. start talking about you before, it's like, oh no, another video, <laughs> eventually it will be, be that. Uh, but right now, you can be the first. Okay, It's very simple, Zoom has very good compression technology, just record yourself over Zoom and send over your, your video by introducing yourself, Remember? You are not spamming people. So your video is customized. Hey, Ju- Julian, mm. I, I've done uh, uh, some research on your company. and understand that this is your pain point. So when a guy looks at the video and says, wow, this guy is uh, putting effort, and they would reply your cold messages or cold uh, emails. And that's what I uh, highly advise uh, all salesperson to do right now. Video has, uh, it's trending right now. Yeah, it
0: totally man. Like, I use a lot of voice, um, but I'm definitely wanting to be checking out testing between voice and video. Have you heard of a tool called Bomb Bomb? I think it does something very similar like that. In Oh, you need to check that out, okay? Because yeah. Bomb Bomb lets you send video inside email without having to do all this drag and drop sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, super, super keen to hear what you're saying in that message. To because, like, you just said before, it everyone. We don't want to become the pattern. We want to become the pattern interrupt. Even if some people are doing it right now, we want to showcase that we're different from someone, from everybody else. Not uh-huh. following some script, not wearing the same thing. Or I'm really keen to hear. You know, how do you make your videos stand out?
1: I think I think scripts are important because I, I use a lot of scripts even for my video yeah. shooting. Uh, Uh, With a teleprompter, with a prompter, uh, scripts get us uh, into saying the right things (laughs) and remembering what to say. So it's highly important. Uh, So if you have not done any kind of videos before, I would highly advise you to follow a script, but don't read the script. Present the script, be natural, still be yourself, but guided conversation. Because we all have scripts, right? Uh, So might as well uh, have a good one. So Mm -hmm. that's one. I think your question is uh, very relevant. What will be the the uh, the best messaging to send out? It's really about a client's pain points. What are you trying to solve? Because you, for example, if you wanna sell to a developer, what is the pain point of a property developer? Loan rejection is high. Salesperson used to sit in a gallery to wait for people to come, or they used to do marketing in a shopping mall by approaching people. Uh, uh, that passes by their little booth. So, but right now, everything cannot be done. So how are we going to solve it? So that's pain point number one. Or you could be uh, a packaging material guy, right? And you have a client that may not have uh, uh, high quality products and have always quality issues or delivery issues. Can you solve that? Uh, or you could be a uh, an uh, aluminum uh, exclusion uh, engineering company so your pain point of the clients could be uh, uh, rejection rate of the products is high and uh, the product flexibility is low. Uh, the thickness of the product is it's not there. So therefore, um, it's, it's just uh, not as good as your competitors. So whatever the pain point of the client is, mm-hmm. we must be able to solve it because most B2B clients have some sort of suppliers. I have some kind of vendors, and in order for you to get new sales, you've got to penetrate the account, which means taking business away from the current supplier, which they will utilize account management techniques to protect their accounts. So it's critical that we add values to the whole uh, selling chain. We are no longer just a price-sensitive market. We are value uh, machines. We want things that's way better than what the market has to offer. Mm. It can come from the insights of the salesperson, uh, some new ideas that you can propose to the clients because gone are the days we go through consultative selling mode, which means, hey, Mr. Customer, tell me your problems and I'm here for you, man. So right now is Mr. Customer, I have researched your industry and here are three things that uh, I find that I can help you solve. And the client goes like, oh, I never heard of those ideas. This is a great sales guy. Compared to Mr. Customer, we are a, a, a cotton box supplier and try us out. We have great quality, great service and good pricings. Yeah. Try us out, try us out. Yeah, how's that's it actually helping me? Yeah, doesn't help. It doesn't help anymore. We got to really understand the client's business, not just your own products and services. That's that's so, so critical. Like, I said, But it's, it is kind of
0: the basics. We should, we should know what the pain point is. Cause that way you just, cause you understand, cause people are very motivated by self-interest, you know, what's in it for them instead of just talking about how great you are. It's just like fundamental marketing and sales one-on-one very, yeah. very um, also curious to hear because this is something people a lot of struggle with is the, the fear of rejection or, you know, like I might follow up one or two times and then you know that you see seen on the messages and they don't get back to you. I'm sure you'd have your own system to, to make sure you follow up appropriately, yeah. the right cadence, um, maybe different media, but yeah, very interested to hear how you follow up with people because not everyone's going to be messaging you after that first video.
1: Yeah. I think there's two questions there. Uh, the follow-up sequence and strategies plus handling rejections.
0: Mm.
1: Let's tackle the mindset issue first, which is rejections. <laughs> That's, that's big. I, think, I think on the internet, rejection is way less problematic compared to a face-to-face rejection or even a phone call rejection because it's just a text message and people just ignore you or they reply with all caps, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's, that's the only thing that you get, right? So I think number one, when you get a rejection, it means that you are doing prospecting, which is good. Because you won't get rejected if you are not prospecting. And that is a good, that is good news for salespeople. Because a lot of salespeople don't even do prospecting. They are uh, they wait for orders, they wait for leads for marketing, <laughs> they, they don't do outreach uh, because they hate that that hunting uh, part of sales. Yep. So embracing objections is critical. Uh, and that's the mindset part, right? Because you want to achieve your targets. To achieve your targets, you need to sell. And to need to sell, you need to prospect. And, and that is the fundamentals of sales. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is the follow-up part, right? How often do we follow up? Uh, what do we say during those follow-ups? Yes, we do have a sequence. So we don't uh, follow up every single day because that is uh, super uh, annoying. a serial, a serial follow up <laughs> And super annoying, yes. So what we do is we do a simple 147 system so 147 is we'll send you the first outreach message and we expect you not to reply for a couple of days Uh, so uh, 144 means the fourth day so three days later we will send you a follow-up message or Mm -hmm. email and say hey we send you the message have you read it so the second message typically is very short first one is also very short you don't go beyond five lines because people are not going to read a cold message from a stranger uh, and spend time on it. So short is good. You, you mentioned Julian use audio. Audio is good because it's different. So people are like, why did this guy saw me an audio, right? So at least they will uh, click play and oh, it's a personalized one and they yes. will continue to listen. So if if your message is also the same, right? You got to be a personalized one. So first day, uh, do a pitch customized to the client's pain point. Second, follow up. Uh, four days later, uh, three days later for us. And it's going to be a short little follow up. And then we do another one, 147, the seventh day, which is three days later again. And this time we do some kind of a value selling, which is tell them a case study, send them a PDF, tell a story, differentiate ourselves, do a clips of yourself. You can chop a video of yourself presenting as well mm-hmm. uh, and, and do something that's different and shocking because it's about to end. <laughs> oh, Last uh, chance, so to speak. Yeah, so third follow up, typically it's a bit longer. And then we do the fourth follow up, which is 1477. So seven days later, one week later, we will do another follow up. But this time we will probably screenshot the website. We will take something personalized to them so that what is it? Isn't that my website? You know. Mm-hmm. So it's once again, because uh, in the third message, I'm talking about me, right? It's my PDF. It's my video and stuff like that. But on the fourth one, I will get your attention by sending you like a screenshot of your website go to Canva, put your name on it, you know, giant text. And and people will will read that, you know, or do a meme, you know, do something that's shocking and outstanding. Okay. And that will typically be our fourth one. And then the fifth one will be, should I stop contacting you? It's like a breakup. uh, I mean, convention. And uh, I think in every cold email outreach, guys will say it's a breakup message, right? Should I stop contacting you? You have not replied. You seem to be busy. You seem to be not keen, you know. Do a takeaway sale and see if they reply because some people still do not reply, right? Now, uh, that is the sequence. Part one. Part two is if they do not reply in one mode, but they are still potential customers. Remember our top 100 dream list, right? We will use another channels to reach them. We'll probably pick up the phone and say, hey, Julian, I have uh, texted you a couple of times over in LinkedIn, uh, but I have not got a reply, so I decided to talk to you over the phone. And the guy will go, oh, yeah, you know, because if you catch a guy for five times, that guy knows, you see, and has been professional all this long, and remember, always do your research before you pick up the phone. Uh, so use another book, right? So for example, you, you do a LinkedIn outreach, and if they do not reply after the, the fourth messages or fifth messages, that's where you can switch over to emails uh, and use a different mode uh, to to target them. And uh, if you have their mobile phones, for example, if they fill up a form, it's an inbound lead, right? They come in, you call the mobile phones, they don't pick up the phone. You probably do a text message uh, via line or WhatsApp or WeChat or whatever the app is or telegram then if they still don't reply you can actually go facebook messenger jam you know, which we have tried before and they, it, and that's one case uh where there was a owner of the business they he just doesn't reply to the text messages and i went to the facebook uh i went through facebook and i found him and then i uh, facebook messaged him and he replies via facebook so you just do not know how a guy prefers to be contacted. So try all kinds of methods until you work it up. Uh, persistence is hyper important. Yeah. I was going to say, the key lesson here that Anzo is
0: saying is relentless follow-up. Um, it is very interesting how you said how, you know, because you've been a sales guy grow, growing up your whole life. You, you're probably yep. used to being on phone, used to being in person. But people who, and you're like, oh, rejection on online, like that's probably nothing. But um, for people starting out, I really like how you said you need to embrace the rejection mindset because then otherwise that's not prospecting. Um, And and think about it. So if you're the person listening, think about it. Like you don't have to actually hear that person say no to your face. You just have to see that little symbol. And um, maybe that can be a little bit better. But to sum up what Hanzo was just saying, he's got his... First, you got your one, one, which is a five-liner. Then you got your four days after, which is you're just saying, hey, did you get my message? Seven yep. days later, you're doing a value add, a case study, a PDF, a story, something a little bit different. A week later, you might want to do something more shocking, like you grab their website, you have a message on there. Not sure what that message might be, um, but something very short and sharp just to, so that it grabs your attention then on phase two which is month two is where we're trying to use different media so we're using the phone we're using email we're using wechat whatsapp facebook messenger like you're saying just because these are the top 100 people that we want to work with it doesn't make yeah. sense to be like hey let's just put this aside because they didn't respond because if I, I guess you probably tell this to your your clients people you teach okay If this person is worth this much to close, then doesn't it make sense to put this much time and effort and money to pursue this person? Would that be
1: right? Agreed. And and sales have to also work with marketing uh, to target this group of people. So for example, if they don't respond to a, a sales message, I would actually, if I get their email, I would even target them with an ad. Okay, so based on their interests, based on their profiles, I can do a LinkedIn ad. Very expensive though, but I can specify the company and then I want to target. Mm. And I'm going to, uh, you know, because it's going to be a post message, you're going to see my (laughs) ads coming up to chase after you uh, and to create some awareness. So from there, it's like, oh, I've seen this guy somewhere. He may click the link, may download uh, my white paper, uh, or he may go to my landing page. But once he lands on my landing page, that is great news because my pixels is fired up and uh, I'm going to retarget them on Facebook and, you know, and and all the Google display network. It's just everywhere, right? So the key is to get them to uh, respond. So all kinds of means. So sales must also work with marketing and uh, don't don't disconnect from each other because, for example, if I, as a sales guy, I want to stop 100 customers, and I'm assigned to target these accounts, but marketing do not marketing is doing their own thing, <laughs> uh, and therefore it doesn't help me directly in sales revenue generation because I am assigned by my boss to target these customers. So marketing has to get okay. You want these hundred customers? No problem. Let's go, you know, uh, find uh, some uh, ads to target them in all kind of channels. So that is way more effective compared to um, just doing sales outreach. So you have got to have marketing support as well. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes.
0: Whatever it takes. That's the key message right here. I love it, Hanzo. Um, to, to finish up, I want to ask a little bit more about you. Um, I'm very curious to hear what's your vision for your for your business and your company for the next 6 to 12 months.
1: we already set a vision to double it up. Uh, uh, not 6 months, but uh, we, we want to double it up because there's great potential in digital. Our B2B agency is getting a lot of traction. Because a lot of agencies out there are B2C agencies. I'm like, oh, okay. They're very good in Facebook, very good in Instagram, you mm. know. Uh, but they, they don't understand B2B businesses, whether it's engineering companies or industrial automation. There's just no, no agencies understand these kind of businesses because they are not in the world. But as a sales trainer, I train these kind of companies for the last 12 years. So every single day, we are talking about industrial products. We are talking about machineries. So uh, we understand B2B. So that, that particular business is amazing because uh, I can scale it. I can scale my team. My team can actually be the project uh, handlers versus as a sales trainer, I, I have to do the work, you see? And it's it's harder to scale. So uh, yeah, the vision is uh, especially building up eWarrior. eWarrior is the name of my digital agency. Mm-hmm. And doubling up is going to be the main priority right now. Sales teacher is pretty mature, and and
0: to hit that goal, what's that one little thing that scares you, and that you know you need to focus on in order to achieve it?
1: Keep hiring people, man. That's scary
0: <laughs> is because that,
1: that is keep hiring more people to scale the company. I need to keep hiring more uh, staff, and to to keep hiring more staff means higher fixed expenses. So. Uh, uh, that means we need more business, more revenue, so to to cover up all these expenses, and and it's always a chicken and egg thing, right? Should I hire the people first and then blow it up? Should I have two a lot of sales and then only I hire the fulfillment the team to fulfill the projects? So uh, so that is scary because these are fixed expenses and and they don't go away. So it's pretty scary to keep hiring more and more and more and more people.
0: It, it, it's almost like. We almost need to overwork ourselves to, to, to generate these sales, but we don't want to do that. So we want to hire people in so that that doesn't happen. But at the same time, we need sales coming in. So I, I understand exactly what you mean this this cycle. Hanzo, um, wh- where's the best place for my audience to find you
1: online? You can find me on LinkedIn, alias Sales Ninja Hanzo, my... My handle is the same in all my social medias, in Facebook, in Instagram, even in TikTok, uh, but not very active on TikTok yet. (laughs) But uh, putting some effort to it. At Sales Ninja Hanzo.
0: And if you've got anything you'd like to give away or or promote, You're more than happy for you to take the floor.
1: Mm, I think if you are looking for a sales training solution, uh, or a sales solutions of any kind to generate more leads to improve your conversion, you can visit my website at www.salessalesninja.asia and we have a full uh, a suite of programs that you can choose from. We can customize it to your industry regardless what kind of business you're in and right now, we perform a lot of digital programs. So regardless whether you're in Singapore or in Thailand or in Australia, we have clients in Taiwan we have guys from India so it's pretty regional right now thanks to the world of internet which doesn't exist prior to 2020 <laughs> but right now we have clients from all kind of sectors because we, we, we train a lot of multinationals and they have offices around the world and uh, yeah it's been amazing awesome stuff I'm gonna leave all that information
0: in the show notes thanks so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today Hanzo
1: thanks Julian for
0: having me Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guest's freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets... I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful on top of that. If you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.